I told the Lord, my journey's long. He said, I chose the length. I told him, but I'm faint and weak. And he said, I'll give you strength. No matter what my words, God heard while listening patiently. But what has meant the most is this. My father walks with me. I am with you, so do not fear, for I am with you, do not be dismayed. For I am your God, I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Aloha, welcome to LDS Real People Real Lives and I am Stephanie Colvin and I'm your host coming to you from my little slice of the world in Southern California. Thank you so much for joining me and I apologize about the background noise as my house is full this week with family so I'm having to record out in my kitchen. Um, I wanted to talk about a little bit about General Conference this last weekend. I didn't get a chance to watch all the talks, but I love reading the talks and catching up. I wanted to cover the World Report a little bit. Um, I'm always impressed by the structure and organization of the church and all of the activities and projects that we get involved in. And um, it was nice to know that the I think it's just serve still works and people are on there. I remember I tried to get on there when it first came out and there just weren't a lot of projects, at least in my area. So it was so nice to hear that the just serve, I think it's org. Don't quote me on that. Um, people were able to find service projects because of the pandemic and get together and really unite their talents and abilities to meet some of the needs that had arisen because of the pandemic and all that we're dealing with. So referring to the World Report, we have the largest humanitarian effort in our 200 year history. That is huge. 815 projects in over 140 countries acting as the Savior would, giving sustenance and hope. We were providing um, personal protective equipment, food and you know we really do believe in being our brothers and sisters keepers um there's a quote here that says let us unite our faith to plead for physical spiritual and other healing throughout the entire world and i know that that's the message that was sent out as people were doing these wonderful service projects all over the world and Another way that we as LDS members get to help is when we fast, we get to give an honest offering. And of course, as you know, those funds are prayed over and decided where they need to be dispersed and where it's most important. And that always gives me a lot of peace and comfort because I think there's a lot of ways that, um, you know, we can be taken advantage of. And I just know that when I give an honest offering, it's going to where it's needed the most. Through these challenging times, we can be strengthened and lifted as we call upon God and His Son, Jesus Christ, who is the Master Healer. The Beehive Clothing Operations, they are in Brazil, Mexico, Paraguay, and of course the United States. They help tremendously with the COVID relief. Over 1,000 employees or volunteers, they sewed surgical gowns and cloth reusable masks for the community. In the U.S., the Relief Society organized Project 
protection, making six million medical grade clinical masks for healthcare. And people signed up on justserve.org, which of course is the LDS charities and turned over 10,000 face masks and other protective clothing and equipment to frontline workers in the Philippines and 2 million pieces to the health department of South Africa. That's a lot. It's just so comforting to know that we're in an organization that truly looks to take care of one another, those in and out of the gospel. In Brazil, LDS volunteers cut, sewed, and donated nearly 3 million reusable face masks. They distributed it to families and charitable organizations and government agencies. In Spain, LDS charities helped fund manufacturing of thousands of 3D printed splash protectors for healthcare workers and law enforcement workers. One of the volunteers was quoted as saying, when we put our heads together, our hearts together, and our hands together, miracles happen. And I truly believe in that. We can do amazing things when we unite our talents and our willingness to serve. Following the Savior's example, food and other supplies were sent to those impacted by the government, including uh, live sheep and flour to the Navajo Nation. They were hit very hard. Uh, They have the highest infection rate for COVID. Um, It gave them lots of hope. And this was interesting. I didn't know this. Sheep are symbolic of hope and prosperity. So I thought that was really, really cool. In New Zealand, members tended to their community and helped to meet their needs, and many were without nothing. They delivered tens of thousands of pounds of food since the pandemic has started uh, back in early March and dry goods beans, pasta, and more. And this gives hope when we serve. 52 tons of food were sent to meet the need that has skyrocketed more than 300% since March and have been involved in interfaith efforts to meet needs everywhere we can. We're all the hands and feet of God. And they have a saying, come empty and leave filled. There were more than 16 million members in more than 200 territories and thousands of congregations and the gathering. And this is President Russell M. Nelson, our beloved prophet. He says, let me be clear, brothers and sisters, any discrimination because of race is morally wrong and contrary to God's plan of happiness for his children. It is also contrary to his very purpose of the gathering. The topic this week is let God prevail in your life. And we're going to touch a little bit on the promise that was made to the Israelites, as well as talk about what does it mean to let God prevail in your life. As President Nelson taught saints to see themselves participating in the gathering of God's children taking place right now, he issued a prophetic invitation, quote, As you study your scriptures during the next six months, I encourage you to make a list of all that the Lord has promised he will do for covenant Israel. Ponder these promises, talk about them with your family and friends, then live and watch for these promises to be fulfilled in your own life. He also reminded them of the Lord's promise that if ye are prepared, ye shall not fear. And that's Doctrine and Covenants section 38 verse 30 and urged all to take steps to be more temporally, spiritually, and emotionally prepared. 
and he shared three principles to consider. Create places of security. Prepare your mind to be faithful to God and never stop preparing. President Nelson taught, our ultimate security comes as we yoke ourselves to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. Life without God is a life filled with fear. Life with God is a life filled with peace. And he invited the disciples of Jesus Christ to embrace what he called a new normal. And that includes turning one's heart to God, repenting daily, ministering to and serving others, keeping an eternal perspective, which we spoke about last week, and living each day to be better prepared to meet God. There's plans to build six new temples um, that he had mentioned before he ended conference. And then he ended conference with a blessing. Tell me that this prophet doesn't care about us, that he's not aware of each and every one of us, and not just us who are LDS members and in the church, but every single soul that is on the face of this earth. He says, quote, I bless you to be filled with the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. His peace is beyond all mortal understanding. I bless you with an increased desire and ability to obey the laws of God. And I promise that as you do, you will be showered with blessings, including greater courage, increased personal revelation, sweeter harmony in your homes and joy, even amid uncertainty. So let's talk a little bit about the promise that was made to Israel. God never breaks a promise. Forty years before this time, God had told the children of Israel, and this is when they were leaving, I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God. And ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land concerning the which I did swear to give it to you for an heritage. I am the Lord. We believe in the literal gathering of Israel and in the restoration of the ten tribes. That Zion, the new Jerusalem, will be built upon the American continent. That Christ will reign personally upon the earth and that the earth will be renewed and receive its paradisical glory. This is a promise that was made a very, very long time ago, but time is nothing to Heavenly Father. He loves us and He loves them. He loves all of His children and He has not forgotten them. Um, and we can all be a part of this gathering. You know, the gathering, of course, has commenced when the restoration uh, happened with Joseph Smith in the Book of Mormon. The golden plates were found, translated, and we now have the Book of Mormon. That Book of Mormon is so powerful that it can persuade. It can touch someone's heart and it can help them to feel and know truth. And we are all part of that effort. You know, here in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, all of us can be member missionaries. And I'm not very good at going out into my own little world, whether I'm getting gas or shopping or running errands, whatever the case may be. I am not that person that can go out and share the gospel to anybody that I see. I just don't have that talent. I know of people that do, and I'm just not one of them. 
So I do what's within my ability to share the gospel. And that is to try to be an example of the believers, to be as Christ-like as I can, um, to go out into the world and to be kind, to, you know, smile at somebody and, and hopefully make their day, pick them up if they're having, you know, maybe that day's a terrible day. You never know what's going to pierce someone's heart when you take the time to look beyond yourself. And I think oftentimes when we take the time to look beyond ourselves, there's a lot of miracles and blessings that can take place that we're not even aware of. And so it's just important that we do. And I'm so grateful to be a part of this effort. Um, I think a lot of us are Ephraimites that are born now. And, uh, you know, I am, my husband is, and Ephraimites are missionaries. And I definitely feel that call deep within my soul and spirit. And I cannot deny it. I have to stand up and stand out for the Lord and do the best I can to help my brothers and sisters that they may be able to find out what they don't know and come to understand why we're here, where we're going, and what the purpose is in this life. So what does it mean to let the Lord prevail in your life? I wanted to share just a couple of experiences, um, one from me and one from my husband. And um, again, this is just us sharing so that the Spirit can impress upon you how you can use these teachings and this guidance and leadership that comes from our prophet and apostles so that you can find the blessings and the ability to have the Lord prevail in your life. So when I was 19 years old, I've talked about this before, I found myself pregnant. I was not married. I had been dating um, their father for maybe about 18 months and I was scared. I had a few friends that I had talked to that were, I felt at the times people that I could confide in and they, there was three of them and all three of them really encouraged me to have an abortion. You know, what was I going to do with a baby and no stability or income after all? I, I was, I couldn't even support myself. I was living at home, relying on my parents, and I was just getting ready to go to school. But thankfully, the core teachings of the gospel stuck with me. And even though I was out and I was living and doing a lot of things that would not be, um, you know, pleasing to the Lord whatsoever or even remotely in line with the gospel, I made the harder choice, what I thought was the harder choice the more challenging choice, but also the most rewarding choice. And I had my first son. Now today, he's almost 28 years old. His birthday is coming up. And I swear the world was against me in my situation. It seemed like it was completely impossible. The world told me I would be a failure and my son would be too. However, the Lord has a different path in mind for me. He knew eventually I would be receptive to the gentle and subtle promptings of change, of coming unto him. And in that choice, that fight, that dogged determination to do what's right and have my child in difficult circumstances, the Lord did prevail in my life. He was victorious when the world pushed back and let me know that I was quite simply crazy. And thankfully, I never really listened to anyone, and that has hurt me and blessed me. Another example that I can share is one from my husband. 
In his patriarchal blessing, it states that God has been with him and has led his life in the dark moments and in the light moments in his life. And my husband has had some very dark times. Case in point, when I met him, he was just coming out of a very deep depression that had lasted months. He had to take a leave of absence from work. And what people may not know about my husband is that he responds to correct principles, to virtue and valiancy. He just loves righteousness. He's always been this way. He had seen his doctor for a session and his doctor had told him very clearly, and he remembers this, every single word, every emotion and feeling very distinctly. If you don't go back to work, this is going to get worse. My husband left that office visit and appointment, went to the car where his dad was waiting for him and explained to his dad with great urgency that he had to get back to work because there was no choice at this point. He just simply was not going to allow himself to get worse and he wanted to fight. That was my husband's version of allowing God to work in his life, even though he probably didn't really recognize it at the time. He was receptive to the guidance and he always has been, but he still made the choice and he allowed God to prevail, to be victorious, to enter into his life and to be responsive to it. The love and the goodness that Heavenly Father was giving to him. And I am so grateful for the love that Heavenly Father gives to us. We cannot exist, push through or endure or persevere the challenges that we have now without Heavenly Father, our Savior Jesus Christ, their love, their blessings, their miracles, and the example and the great gift of the infinite atonement, which truly is empowering. Earlier today, my husband had sent me a post on Instagram from an account called words.of.scott. And this gentleman defined what he felt it meant to prevail as he gave it his time and was pondering. And the first thing he says about letting God prevail in our lives is to let God exist everywhere in our lives. And I am someone that likes to lay hold upon the word and how I do that. One of my processes is I like to look up definitions and exist means to live. So when we reread that, let God exist everyone in our lives, everywhere in our lives, it's to live. Let God live everywhere in our lives with no single facet of our lives hidden from him. The second thing that he mentioned about allowing God to prevail in our lives is to let God occur as the most important feature in our lives. Now the word occur means found to be present. So let God be present as the most important feature in our lives. This is powerful. This really struck a chord with me. And this is why I love social media, especially now that, you know, we're still not going to church. We can't meet together. Um, we do have Zoom meetings from time to time, but, you know, social media has really been able to connect the members of the church and allowed me to continue to learn from them. And I've been so very grateful for these many resources. The third thing that he mentioned about letting God prevail in our lives is to let God be superior in strength, power, or influence in our lives. So looking up superior, it means to withstand great force, pressure, or impact. So let God be superior in strength, power,
power or influence in our lives. Let him be the end all be all. As far as I'm concerned, that's how it translated to me. But again, I hope that the spirit can help you understand what you need to understand for your life, your set of circumstances, so that you can be impressed on how to let God prevail in your life. He goes on to say to let God become dominant in our lives. Dominant means most important, powerful, or influential. So we want to let God become that most important, powerful influence in our lives. Next, he says, let God use persuasion successfully in our lives. And what does persuasion mean? It's a belief or set of beliefs, you know, to cause someone to believe, to persuade them. So let God use his ability and power to persuade us in our lives successfully. And finally, let God prevail in our lives. And prevail means victorious, to overcome against all odds, to stand up against the many Goliaths in our, in our lives and in our circumstances, and to prevail, to be victorious, to overcome. I have loved being able to do research into this particular topic. And it's reminded me of how often, especially as there was a running theme in this last general conference this last weekend. And, you know, even my nephew, who's 13 years old, picked up on it. And that is, is that there's going to be in our future in this country, suffering, pain, sorrow. And we're going to be going through a lot. And so we have to be strengthened. And I've mentioned in prior episodes that I feel like what's been going on in our lives, uh, there's purpose to it and we have to live our lives and there's things that we have to deal with. But I have been getting this very distinct impression that the circumstances that we're currently in is meant to strengthen our ability to handle life calmly. Because when we are anxious, when we worry and we're stressed, when we let our emotions get the best of us and we're crying and, you know, it's just, it becomes too much and it's really hard to hear the Spirit, the Holy Ghost. And so we've got to be able to find a way to discipline ourselves so that when we come against these Goliaths in our lives, that we can calmly exercise our faith, pray, search, seek, ponder, do all the things that we know to do, and then be patient and wait upon the Lord. And man, is that hard. So right now in my life, my father-in-law just got out of the hospital. He was in there for three days, recently diagnosed with the onset of dementia. He has been in a board and care home for the last two years as his health has declined and he cannot do anything autonomously except for eating. And um, he is experiencing great spasms in his legs and arms and tremors that will not stop so he can't sleep. Literally, I talked to him today and the last time he was able to get sleep was um, Sunday night at midnight for four hours. So he's been up since 4 a.m. Monday morning. 
and my dad is still sick. We just got back from visiting my family. We were there for eight days and he's not doing well. And so there's concerns there. And then yesterday I called to check in with my family as I always do and called my mom on her cell phone to find out that she was at an urgent care because she was diagnosed with um, arthritis in her neck. And when she had uh, awoke Tuesday morning, something popped in her neck and she couldn't move her neck. She couldn't even eat. She couldn't do anything. And thankfully, after treatment, they found it to be muscle related. So they gave her muscle relaxers. And at least that's manageable, but she's still dealing with this. So, you know, my husband's mom passed away a few years ago, but we have all three parents who are super needy right now. And um, on top of that, we're working. We've got this financial stuff going on that is just, we're slowly climbing out but it's still very strapped and still very hard. But we've been able to see the blessings that have come our way through family and friends that have rallied around us to help us to um, push through. And, you know, it's really helped us to also keep our faith. And I just love them for it. And I'm so grateful for the people that are placed in our lives to minister and service unto us. I We couldn't do anything without them. You know, I've also got some very good friends who watch the home while we we go and and visit family. And, uh, you know, this is a huge thing in California with the constant protests and the riots. I'm always worried about the house and our pets and, you know, the, the peace that they give me knowing that they're watching our home and they're taking care of everything. Uh, Cause I don't have any family here and neither does my husband. Um, it's just huge. It's just absolutely huge. And I'm so grateful for the ability through the power of discernment to be able to count my blessings and name them one by one. The prophet, President Russell M. Nelson said, through it all, our Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, they love us. They care for us. They and their holy angels are watching over us. Please lay a hold upon the word. President Nelson added that despite the current commotion in the world, we can look to the future with joy as we turn to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us not spin our wheels in the memories of yesterday. The gathering of Israel moves forward, and the Lord Jesus Christ directs the affairs of his church, and it will achieve its divine objectives. So you may ask yourself, why did she share the world report? I wanted to share that and I felt compelled to share it because we need to understand the order of God's house and how he truly has created his kingdom here on earth to be self-sufficient, so self-sufficient that we can help others outside of the church and we can do this great work because we know that we touch hearts, that we soften hearts through service. And so this is a great missionary effort that we're able to do in the church. Bye.
name His love and grace adore Who all our sorrows bore Sing aloud evermore Worthy the Jesus, our Lord and God, for sin's tremendous load, praise ye his name, tell what his arm has done, what spoils from death he won, sing his great name Please remember to be of good cheer and not be of good fear. You know, the prophet did address the issues, the social issues, the social justice issues that we are seeing in our country at this time. And I believe in the scriptures, just as it says, no matter black or white, bond or free, male or female, this gospel is for all. And we can do our work in helping the world to change in our own little spheres. It's like that pebble that hits that water and just the ripple effects reach and reach and go out from you as you do the Lord's work and choose to be the standard of the Lord out in this very temporal world that we live in. I am grateful for the gospel of Jesus Christ in my life. I am grateful to be alive during this time in dispensation. During the restoration, when we have all of these many resources, I am grateful that God has seen fit to reserve us for these final days to help him keep that covenant and promise to Israel, to gather the tribes, and to bring them home. I look forward to this work and I consider this podcast to be part of that work. And I just want to express to you again, this quote from President Russell M. Nelson. We need to lay hold upon the word to absorb this and soak it into our very hearts and our very spirits. The only way to survive spiritually right now in this world and in the future is to be determined to let God prevail in our lives, to learn to hear his voice and to use our energy to help gather Israel. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I am so grateful to all of you who are so supportive and reach out. And I just hope that something has been conveyed or said today that the spirit can place within your heart and lay seeds that'll help you in whatever way that you need guidance or assistance at this time. Stay healthy, stay safe, and most importantly, stay faithful. And remember to be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Until next week, God bless and just know how much you are truly loved. <music>